Patreon.com slash the walk-off podcast. Uh, $4 a month gets you in there. Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's the walk-off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The diehard podcast for the casual fan. And another one. My goodness. Oh, way better. There we go. Should have done that right off the top. You'd think three Sorry years in, that, we'd buddy. know. That's all right. Yeah. No, Still truly. doing our sound checks in the seventh inning. <laughs> all right. right. MLB Mondays, you're dressed up like Matt Chapman, ready to go. That's right. The Matt good. Chapman look. <laughs> Love it. The go-to. Um, I don't know if you got that little message I sent you from the 15-year-old who wants yeah, to Yeah, can we editor. wait on all that till yeah. like August? Yeah, sure. I'm just, I still have so much on my plate. I don't want to be fucking adding more shit unless you want to 100% deal with it. I, I mean, if he will just deal with it, I can talk to him and see where he's at. Okay. I want nothing the, to do with adding the, uh, more people and fucking coordinating more fair. projects. I know. Fair. It's, My idea was to all... lower your workload that like the whole. Re- but anyways, I guess yes, in get August. Sure. But it's the workload has to go like this. To get someone else up to speed and explain oh, yes. expectation. Ugh, gross. Yes. OK, that's fair. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. That's fair. All right. Um, How did long toss go yesterday? I didn't catch a snippet of it. If you noticed my handle, by the way, which I was corrected on, not username, handle was the correct mm. term you were looking for. Yes. Um, Twitter handle. So my handle today is Jays and 30. I don't know if you dissected <laughs> that or not. Uh, that's how I've been watching all my Blue Jays games lately. So how did long toss go last night? It went good. I mean, it was a downtrodden bunch. It wasn't yeah. a very positive series to come out of and talk about. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to let's start MLB Mondays because I got to get some Blue Jay stuff off my chest first. So let's start this with I want to, I'm going to read a list of names here. Okay. Trevor Richards, Tim Meza, Adam Simber, Jordan Romano, Santiago Espinal. Gavin Biggio, Whit Merrifield, Brandon Belt, Matt Chapman, Yusei Kikuchi. What do all these names have in common? I don't know. These are all players that I think we should be taking phone calls on coming into the trade deadline. You're in cell mode. Genuinely. And I'm. I'm not just saying this for like the clicks of it all, because this is just a Patreon thing anyways. I genuinely feel like. Maybe not sell all 10 of those guys. But those are all guys who I think we should seriously be having a consideration over their future with the team. And what can we get in return now? I don't think this is our year. I mean, other than uh, like if you make the playoffs, anything can happen. And anything. I am a buyer into that philosophy. So mm-hmm. 
Trevor Richards career year. Right? He's got one more year of arbitration after this. Tim Mesa, two more years of arbitration after this. Career year by a mile. We could get so much in return for Trevor Richards. Uh, And Tim Mesa. Sorry, that's what I thought I said. After. Oh, that yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trevor Richards and Tim Meza, both of them. Uh, Jordan Romano. I don't like specifically want to see any of these guys go. I like all of these players, almost all of these players. I like, um, but these are the guys that I think have trade value and could return somewhat of a haul. Uh, and selling doesn't mean a total rebuild either. It, no, it can't. It can't because let's was, face it, twenty twenty four is still very much in play with the way Bo and Vlad are under contract. Still, I was looking at the up. the total list of MLB trades that went down last trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Giants were big sellers last season. They're competitive this year. Reds were big sellers last season. I mean, maybe surprised everybody, but they're. I think a game and a half leading back the wild card. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the Marlins were sellers last year. The angels were sellers last year. Am I crazy to think you say Kikuchi should be traded? Yeah. There's listen, there's, I like what you're saying. There are a few names that stood out to me that I don't like the idea of moving because it will affect 2024 and how difficult it will be to replace them jordan romano is at the top of that list and yusei kikuchi is also right there and for 10 million bucks next year like he's he's the biggest bargain on the market pretty much i know but do you think he'll be this good next year betting on what yusei kikuchi will be exactly scenario i know that's why i'm like let's get out now look it's the same argument i had for trading alejandro kirk last season was like it just from a standpoint of like the value will, will his value never ever be higher be higher yeah. than it is you say kikuchi with a three-ish era a year and a half of control 10 million dollars next year yeah left-handed pitcher like there are teams who could use that like the right? toronto blue jays <laughs> sure sure but what i mean just all the gripes we have over and over. Like, we don't have the capital to spend this year. We don't. Like, we don't have nope. any prospects in AAA who are close and useful. And this is just, like, an opportunity for Ross Atkins to have a little self-awareness. Read the room and go, okay, this isn't our year, but let's make sure we're better situated to compete next year. And so that like next trade deadline, we're like, all of a sudden we have some starters in AAA for depth. We have some guys helping out. Like I'm a Tim Mesa fan, friend of the show. Love him. But do I think that the career four ERA lefty who's got an ERA under two right now is like bullpen is so volatile. Right. Look at Anthony Bass. Awesome. No, Last year, this year, horrendous for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Trevor Richards, another guy. I do. Do you believe in Trevor Richards as a 
for the next three years going to be this good? Maybe he believe. will. Maybe he won't. I don't know. I mean, we're clearly you not experts believe. on this. I truly, I truly feel you can't believe in any reliever year to year. And that's that's what I mean too. Like it's, it's like it's not a shot at Trevor Richards or Tim Mesa. It's just the nature of the bullpen. It is what it is. Uh, Merrifield. I mean, we've had this conversation about bringing him back at his option of what eighteen million next year. Mm-hmm. Maybe we don't. Maybe we just let him walk. Like, there's got to be, I don't know. I don't think Ross Atkins has the guts to do what you're saying. I don't. I, just, I totally don't think so either. I do not think this will happen. And I think it's, if anything, an admission that he's failed and or, may, or whatever, even in the slightest way. And that puts his hot seat job further into the hot seat. And I don't think that's no, what he's going to do. And this is just, this is just a. Another aspect that Ross Atkins has let this organization down in, in that there is nobody knocking at the door that could allow him to do what Baltimore did last year and move some guys, bring some young kids up and still be competitive and push for a spot. Because I think where the Jays are at right now, I'm not even sure if they move Matt Chapman, if they'd be all that out of it. So I think you could kind of retool on the go here. I mean, Matt Chapman, I do not want to take anything away from what he has done to shore up the left side of this infield Mm -hmm. on a team that desperately needed it after 2021. I think anyone who watched 2021 is very aware of how important defensively third base can be for a team. It can almost sink a team. And there are arguments to be made. The whole reason that the blue Jays didn't make the playoffs in 2021. And remember they were only out by literally a game. Like they, they were, it, it broke down to the fact the Red Sox had won more games against the Blue Jays. So if it's that close, it's very possible that Kevin Biggio and the disaster that was 2021 for him defensively at the hot corner cost them the, the playoffs. So, so I'm not trying to diminish what Matt Chapman has done, but what he has done with his bat this season is a mystery to me, man. I mean, I don't know how you go from being the best hitter in all of baseball to the worst hitter in all of baseball to average again. Like, it's just the the roller coaster ride that has been the 2023 season of Matt Chapman. I don't even know what to say about it. Other than Matt Chapman's very valuable and is one of the guys on the market who would probably, the Jays could probably get a pretty darn good return for. And again, I just don't think this front office has the guts to do what we're saying right now, which is retool on the run. I don't like the idea of stripping it right down, Adam. And I I, like all the players you mentioned, I think, and I know you kind of did have the caveat of taking phone calls on. I know you weren't like, let's, fire sale everybody but yes uh, again I, I am not saying we should trade all 10 of these guys mm-hmm. maybe three or four of them like figure out what the best package is in return um i'm looking but at this is where who knows look, dude, I'm, I'm, like if you go ahead sorry 
No, I'm at I'm at the MLB.com uh, Blue Jays top 30 prospects. I'm looking at the top 15 here, and three of them, sorry, four of them, uh, are at the AAA level. Uh, two more are at the AA level. Everyone else is Vancouver or lower. Yeah. That's as bare as it gets. When I look at the Baltimore Orioles, and I know that's a tough comparison, um, the Baltimore it's the Orioles. Other way around. But when it's I look at the top reverse. six, yeah. five of them are at AAA. And the number one is in it's rookie ball. Team. But it's oh, no, it's Jackson Holiday, and he was drafted oh, first yeah, overall. So he's right. 19. So like yeah. We'll cut them some slack there. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. And then, yeah, Jordan Westberg is uh, with the Orioles right now. So when we go into this trade deadline, the Orioles' ability to make trades and add whatever they need to add is just light years ahead of where we are. And this is no, just a, is. an opportunity is- to like restock the cupboards in an off season, have that like self-awareness or gut check strength to recognize that like, you never know what can happen too, because I, I, I I'm starting to warm up to what you're saying. And I would, I would go about like, what, what if they move Brandon belt, got back some prospects, brought up Spencer Horowitz. Okay. What if they move Matt Chapman? bring in a bunch of prospects, right? Maybe somebody who's knocking at the door, bring up Addison Barger and just see what happens. Maybe sure. you moved, maybe you move Tim Meza and you bring up a Hagen Danner or a Yasser Zulueta and see if you can, you know, like that's the thing is I don't want to see a rebuild. I hate the idea of trading Bowen Vladdy and starting right from scratch. We've got two and a half more years of two of the most impressive dudes in the American league. And I know there's a bunch of people who are going to argue with me on Vladdy here, but if, if we just take a step back for a moment here and realize he is a top three to four first baseman in the American league, no matter what he is doing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I'm not saying Jordan Romano is Josh Hader. I think there are aspects of Jordan Romano that are better than Josh Hader and aspects that are not as good. I don't know where you measure these guys against each other, but when the Brewers traded away Josh Hader last season, they got four players in return. Uh, Taylor Rogers, left-handed pitcher, three years of control left. Uh, he's pitching to a 2.89 ERA and a whip yeah. of 1071. Uh, Robert Gasser, left-handed, starter in AAA this year. Uh, he's got a Ks per nine over 10 and a walks per nine around three. That's useful slash close to useful slash a tradable piece, piece, if nothing else, don't have. right? Exactly. exactly. Um, they also got Denilson Lamette, a right-handed pitcher who has not been good. He's got like an 11 ERA this year. Um, just not good. Uh, and then Estuary Ruiz, who's 24 years old and leads MLB in stolen bases this year. Yes. So we could get stuff back that's helpful for Tim Meza and Adam Simber for sure should be moved. Yes. And I agree with both of those. I, uh, my problem with Jordan Romano is. Okay. Let me reword this. 
My problem with them moving Jordan Romano is how difficult it is to cover those high leverage innings. We've seen it. Yeah. Who are we going to have uh, come in in a tie game in the ninth to give up a home run? That's tough to find. Okay. I know. know Recency bias. I'm, I know, I know, I know. Yes. I'm aware it like, yeah, Jordan Romano has frustrated the hell out of me the last two weeks as well. I mean, it's not been his two most shining exemplary weeks. I go back and forth on Jordan Romano because on the one hand, like I love him and I love the character that he is. But then at the other hand, it's like, (sighs) I mean, the closer is hard. Like you said, it's not just easy to replace. You don't just go Eric Swanson and say he's going to be any better or close to as good. But I don't know. I still would like to see Jordan Romano in this pen. And I would do. I, think, I would do. I, I just I, think we should take phone calls on him. If there's a team absolutely. out there who needs a closer and is like, hey, we'll give you a guy who's like. Yeah, no, you're right. If you're going to way overpay, on, if they're going to way overpay on Jordan Romano. And this is the thing with a retool, right? Maybe they do move Romano and then you go to the Chicago White Sox in the offseason. Now that Liam Hendricks is fully recovered, right? Yeah. And now you've got that big arm in the back end of the pin for another year and you're just paying $14 million. And, and this is the thing, right, is that maybe they can strip away some of these pieces that they have acquired in the last year or two. And restock the cupboards. And here, here's the other know. thing. By moving on from Whit Merrifield, by moving on from Brandon Belt, Matt Chapman, Yusei Kikuchi, that takes so much money off the books heading into next offseason. Like, I know Chapman's gone, but like the Chapman thing is like, well, if we don't re-sign him, we also take that money off the books. But then sure, but then we also don't get anything in return. So it's like, if we don't trade him, the intent has to be re-sign him to big money, Mm -hmm. right? So if we do trade him or we don't sign him, either way, he's gone. We have 20-ish million a year to go out and get another starter or a, whatever you need i don't know well matt chapman is is currently making 21 million this year you say kikuchi is making 10 so if you were to move both of them that's 31 million dollars now you do need to keep into take into account you need a third a third baseman next year and you will need a starting pitcher to replace him but like you said if you bring up addison barger maybe he's just like competent at third yeah Mm mm-hmm I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. What Matt Chapman has done with the bat this year. If Addison Barger can come in and, and be consistent, you know, if I would almost rather a consistent 250 hitter. And I know that doesn't really exist because baseball is all about slumps and hot streaks, Mm -hmm. but somewhat consistent. I just don't like the roller coaster ride and the mountain graph that is Matt Chapman do or die boom or bust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, it is frustrating to watch him go up to the plate with runners in scoring position with the game on the line and just strike out. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking up the uh, third base free agents for next season. Um, well, you do that, by the way, and this the is nicest something... List. This is from Brennan Delaney. He was on the show long toss last mm-hmm. night with us. Of course, uh, 
writes with Blue Jays Nation and is really tapped into the affiliates. Nobody follows our prospects closer than Mr. Delaney. And he brought up Aralvis Martinez and the fact that in April, yes, he was hitting a buck 89 or sorry, 89, not even a buck 89. He was hitting 89 in the month of April since May 10th. Aralvis Martinez is hitting 300. He is struck out 30 times, walked 28. So he's almost, that is very good. And he's going to hit 35 to 40 home runs in double A as a 21 year old. He is not ready to take that jump yet, but I think Aralvis Martinez may have been written off by some of our, our prospect huggers as, as probably not a guy who's going to happen. And I, Mm -hmm. I argue that's not the case at all. He's taken some major strides forward this year. And who knows where he's at next year around this time at 22 years old. I think Aralvis Martinez has made enough of an argument to take the next step and get bumped up to AAA to start next year. And you know what happens in AAA, right? If you get hot, you're going to be knocking on that door. So talk me off this ledge then. Sellers at the deadline? You've talked me onto the ledge. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And I, without, let's just say Matt Chapman. Because I think he is the most, he's the value. He's the most obvious name when it comes to trade at the deadline this season, right? Going into a a big free agent offseason. There's real appeal there. Is this team that much worse without him? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the truth is, dude, he is a stalwart at third, right? He is a freaking vacuum. He yeah, but he also has more game. errors than Boba Shett this year. He does. Um, Here's an, so- let's really get crazy. You know who needs a third baseman more than almost any competitive team out there? The New York Yankees. Talk me off that ledge. Do you, you think there's any- Josh Donaldson for Matt Chapman? Right. And throw throwing <laughs> some throwing some more prospects coming back our way. Now there is something that maybe could be had, right? You know, like listen, I'm not, I'm not Josh Donaldson's done, by the way. But yep. Can you can you squeeze a little bit of magic out of him in two months and get a bunch of prospects back for Matt Chapman? I don't know, but it is an I mean, interesting it is it is an interesting thought because let's face it, dude, the New York Yankees they desperately look, could use Matt. Yeah, Chapman I mean, if there. the Yankees were confident that they could re-sign Matt Chapman too, and having him in house right? for a few months gave them the edge on uh, contract talks. And Matt Chapman I mean, won't need to shave or cut his hair or anything. He's Yankee ready. He's already got the mustache. Um, yeah, I mean, I, that makes me want to puke just trading with the oh, Yankees at all. Me too. But I mean, a Josh Donaldson could find magic in Toronto again, just from a Cinderella I, story. That would be a throw in, by the way. Like in this yeah, yeah, scenario, yeah, Josh Donaldson's throwing in. Right. We're getting Jason Dominguez or something. We're getting Jason Dominguez. Yes. Or whatever. Something fair. Don't quote me on the trade value chart of that, but. um, Okay. 
Jay's on pace for 86 wins without Matt Chapman. How many wins? I don't know, man. I still feel like 84 to 90 wins. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's you're probably right. Uh, before we move on, let's touch on a few other Jays things here because Alec Manoa had his start yesterday with double A in New Hampshire. Uh, Shai Davidi was actually sent to New Hampshire to cover this game and watch Alec Manoa's five innings, five innings that were a lot better than that Florida complex start. I mean, honestly, dude, it wouldn't take much to be better than that. He pitched five innings, uh, gave up three hits, one run, one earned run, three walks, 10 K is the big one, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So he did allow three walks. He did hit a batter, but he looked more confident. As the outing progressed, is how Shai Davidi put it, throwing 82 pitches and 47 strikes. Have you noticed that all of these complex or uh, pitching lab outings that he has done, even yesterday in Double A, all of them have been between 80 and 85 pitches? Because that's something that kind of stood out to me. As like you see all the lines, they're not letting him pitch to 100. Is that what he was pitching? To uh, at the major league level all year? That's a great question. We should double check. I'll look that, that up right now. Uh, you keep talking. Just, it feels like, yes, he was being stretched out as much as any of the other guys with this starting rotation. And that has been one thing that this front office has obviously prioritized, which is allowing their starting pitching to go a little deeper in games. The Blue Jays still in the top three in all of baseball for innings pitched by the by starters. Uh, okay, Alec Manoa's game log pitch count, uh, 85, game one, 98, 94, 101, uh, 85, but it was for good reasons. He went seven shutout against the Yankees, and they pulled him. Um, and then 100, 103, 94, 92, 85, 87, 89. Bless you. Adam just pulled off a heck of a mute there in the nick of time <laughs> i mean if you want to talk clutch <laughs> i got i got all 13 game pitch counts out and i muted my mic all before i sneezed uh perfect execution it's why you're the best co-host in the biz bud <laughs> Thank you. All right, sneeze control i've got that that skill locked down alec Manoa. yeah i don't know what to say about him man i'm does he pitch in AAA next week then? Is he four days away from a AAA start? You know what was really interesting? That was Maybe they pitch him in the yesterday. Futures game this All-Star weekend. Futures game for Alec <laughs> Manoa? I have no idea. So the way they've been treating Alec Manoa, and this was Brennan Delaney that pointed this out, is that they don't really have a call-up structure in place for him. If So he's not a part of the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. He literally went back to the Florida Complex last night after that game. Okay. Um, and they are going to try and put him where he fits. So it, they don't really care what affiliate he's working with. I, is the takeaway I got there? I don't know, man. The, the path to Alec Manoa's return, it's a mystery to us. Weird, 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 weird. Um, Were you surprised that he got the start at double A last night? Yeah, I totally was. I, yeah, I have so no sorry. idea what's going on with. Um, anything to do with that. That whole process is 
what uh and you know what man this is a mystery that i think we're going to look back on for years and be like remember when alec manoa just fell off the face of the earth (laughs) yeah i mean okay so here's the rest of the blue Jays schedule uh tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday so it's six games in a row it's against the white Sox and tigers uh Bassett goes tonight. Sorry, Bassett goes tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Barrios, Kikuchi, Gossman. Saturday, July 8th, Question would mark. be the Open. Alec Manoa start, potentially. Yeah. Um, let's just say July 8th, he pitches in AAA, misses that start, and then comes back on the other side of the All-Star break. I mean, honestly, man, when it comes to player development, the Blue Jays know so much more than me. I don't like it. I don't think it's I, – I hate the idea that he's lined up for this July 8th start. I, But what do I know? Like, this is the thing, right? Is I, At a point, I'm not an expert on this shit. It just psychologically doesn't feel like he's where he should be. I know that um, – I'll, I'll pull it up here. It was a quote from Alec Manoa last night. And there were some things that he said that I long story short, man, his confidence is not good right now. And if I can't find this right now, I'll just paraphrase it. Okay. Here it is. Um, He says, I'm ready to be a tiger. I'm ready to be a horse on the mound. Trade him to the tigers. He wants wants to be a mythical horse tiger. Um, (laughs) But what he says, this is what stood out. That's the biggest thing I've learned through this whole thing is that you can kind of get down on yourself. You can think you're not good. You can get emotional about it, but nobody cares. Just go out there and compete. Lots of times if you're down, people will go out of their way to kick you. I think he's kind of figuring out that being the big, verbose, confident shit disturber on the mound he's been the last year and a half as much as it's hailed in toronto as hero behavior right and it has been uh the rest of the league maybe didn't like it (laughs) and yeah unfortunately if you're the big dog and you're throwing barbs around right and you're yapping people are gonna go out of their way to hit you when you're down I mean, it's true. It's all well and good to be cocky when you're bringing it, but uh, when you're not, it sure sucks. Yep. Sure sucks showing your face. Um, okay, I'm looking at the schedule on the other side of the All-Star break. Uh, Diamondbacks come to Toronto for three. Padres come to Toronto for three. Then we're off to Seattle, off to L.A. for the Angels. For the West Coast, yeah. Or sorry, for uh, for the Dodgers. Um, and then the Angels come to town. Then the Orioles come to town. Then the Red Sox. Um, if I had to look at this schedule, just from a like, we have to acknowledge that when he does make his return, if it is this season, it's going to be a lot of pressure on him. Cool. I would say probably the most pressure-filled game he's ever had when he returns. So I don't feel good about him making a start in Seattle. Just those demons from last season's playoff game. Mm -hmm. 
I don't when's know. The next so, time we, when's the next time we play the Yankees? Not till September? <laughs> yeah, September 19th, we play the Yankees next. Um, I mean, prob- between now probably and... probably be back before then. I mean, August 7th against the Cleveland Guardians for four, and then the Cubs, Phillies, Reds. I mean, maybe that's a stretch where you bring them up. But otherwise, yeah, I'd have to say, like, that San Diego series on the other side of the all-star game, like go with our normal rotation for Arizona for three. So Gossman, Barrios, Bassett, Kikuchi, and then game two against the Padres, Alec Manoa. If he misses that, I don't really want to see him go out there against the Dodgers or the angels for that matter. Certainly not the Orioles. Red Sox have our number. Yeah, I don't know, man. He's either really close or he's a ways away. But Or maybe they just don't care. They just bring him up because we need him. What do I know? That's probably the most likely scenario. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All-Stars. Yeah, the let's Blue talk Jays. All-Stars. The Blue Jays have four of them. Kevin Gosman was named to the team, and very deservingly so. Bo Bichette is on the reserve roster. Uh, very deservingly so. Of course, the starter is Corey Seager. He got outvoted. Wonder Franco got snubbed, eh? Wonder Franco got snubbed. I mean, I don't know if he got snubbed as much as there's two very, very good and comparable shortstops that wound up beating him out, but he'll have his time in the in the sun, I'm sure. Vlad Guerrero? Vladdy makes the team. I think that was a, a Mr. Popularity thing, right? The face of the franchise yeah. for the Toronto Blue Jays. He's yeah. got to be there. And then Whit Merrifield made the cut. Finishing second and voting behind Marcus Simeon. I didn't think he'd get added, but good for Whit. I mean, Wander Franco could have Whit's spot. I don't, I don't want to gripe on this too much. There's Listen. too many Blue Jays at this all-star game. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Who cares? It's the all-star game. That's the problem though, Scott. Okay. This, and I love that you said that because this is why it matters. The, the, it doesn't matters is the argument of why it matters is because it doesn't matter shows that it's broken and it needs to be fixed so that it does matter. Yes. Can we not? No, I agree. It'd be fun if the all-star game meant more or even just like didn't have Whit Merrifield at it. <laughs> I, I love Whit Merrifield, but he's not the second best second baseman in the American league He plays half his games in the outfield. Anyways, sorry. It's just a gripe. Like Vladdy, I don't think should be at the all-star game this year either. Other than as a home run derby contestant. I don't know. I could spend so much time on this. I know you guys talked about it on long toss. Uh, the Atlanta Andy Braves Diaz have going. Who the Atlanta Braves who? have eight going to the All Star yeah. game. That's well deserved, though. That's an All Star team. They have an All Star team. Well, and they won the voting. I mean, that matters too. There's lots of arguments to be made that there are Braves there that probably shouldn't be, but their fan base showed up and voted them all in. And this is why it sucks because, like. Wander Franco should be there, except there's not a such thing as a Tampa Bay Ray fan to go vote. Mm-hmm. So 
Shane McClanahan gets it as a, what is it, the owners that just determine pitching? Yeah, it's not the owners. It's the, the coaches, coaching staffs, coaching, yeah, staffs? coaching staffs. Yeah, they all vote. But it is like every team needs one representative, right? That's why we have yeah. like that is not Detroit like Tigers at the game. There. But yeah, no, no, no. It's not like Kevin Gossman is there. I never said yeah. that. But yeah. I mean, that's why Shane McClanahan gets there because there wasn't a single person in Tampa Bay to vote for him. <laughs> not that he doesn't deserve it. I just mean, no, he that's why I wonder does. Franco isn't there at all, even as a reserve. And I don't think if, if pitchers were also voted on Shane McClanahan, isn't an all-star. That's all I mean. Cause Tampa Bay has no fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a stupid broken thing. I don't, I, I like the idea of like fan vote for like one or two positions or like something special. Like you lead fan voting and you get like a million dollars or something. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know how the, I don't know if the NBA still does this, but they, they were doing it for a while where it was like, uh, there would, they would have their all-star pool of players, but then they would do like a schoolyard draft where they would have like captains and they'd pick their teams based on that. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think they're still doing that. I don't really follow NBA, but like, that's a cool idea to be like, okay, fan vote for team captains. And then everyone else is just like determined by people who know baseball. Maybe it's the writers association for whatever that's worth. Not that they mm-hmm. know how to vote to the hall of fame. So what do I know? But then you got a pool and then you go, okay, it's Shohei Otani is one captain because he was voted in and Ronald Acuna Jr. is the captain on the other team based on fan voting. And then they just do their draft and that's like a live event. And they go, okay, it's not even an AL versus NL thing because home field advantage in the World Series doesn't matter. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's dumb, Scott. It's dumb. <laughs> it's dumb. I don't know how they fix it. But uh, I, I the, like the one we'll move on. But the one thing I will say about fan voting, it is it, it's cool for the kids. I know there's kids that get jacked up that they're there voting and stuff. You know, like, I, I don't know if you can lower the amount of guys that are voted in is maybe the answer here. You know, oh. like or 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 the guys are picked in advance by Major League Baseball and you vote on that. I, I don't know. Yeah, something. I don't know. We'll, we'll move Bichette. on. I feel bad for Boba Shett because I feel like he deservedly should be a starter at the All-Star game. And mm-hmm. I feel like he's specifically not because of the Blue Jay rebuttal that came in the final round of voting. Yes. All right. Okay. Let's talk the Texas Rangers, buddy because they are for real. I think that we are a full half a season in, and it's pretty tough to deny that this team is anything but legit. They are 50 and 34, first place in the AL West, four games up on the Houston Astros. This is an interesting little tidbit, by the way, buddy. So the 2021 Texas Rangers payroll, 104.5 mil. 2023... 214.5 mil so 110 million increase which is the most of any team in that two year span even more than the Mets the 2021 Mets were spending 266 million 
And the 2023 Mets are spending $375.4 million. So, yes, very, very close. The New York Mets spent $109 million and some change. So the Texas Rangers beat them out by about half a million dollars there. Uh, this is crazy, too. This has nothing to do with the Rangers, so we won't spend much time on it. But the Mets are going to pay $143 million in luxury tax this year. So their actual bill for players is going to be $480 million. Wow. Isn't that insane? I didn't know that. I didn't know that they were almost paying half a billion dollars. So uh, crazy. Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, buddy. I mean, when they were signed in the off season between 2021 and 2022, everyone thought the Rangers were out of their mind, just how much they spent on the middle infield. And then Marcus Simeon, of course, struggled out of the gate in 2021. Our uh, apologies, 2022. They have been incredible. They have been the backbone of this New York or of this Texas Rangers team. They have, uh, I mean, they're two all stars. So it's pretty obvious what they have done. Uh, all of the pitching signings that were questionable have seemed to work out, right? They signed John Gray, uh, 2022 offseason. He's been unreal this year. They signed Andrew Heaney in this offseason. He's been a middle-of-the-road pitcher, but he has done what he's had to do. The real unsung hero in Texas, without a doubt, has been Dane Dunning. I mean, the dude, honestly, Dane Dunning has been what the Blue Jays' front office was hoping Mitch White would be in Toronto, right? He was their fifth starter last year, and after the DeGrom signing, he got relegated into the bullpen, where he then thrived he was absolutely lights out coming out regularly giving them two giving them three innings of of no run ball down goes Degrom. dunning comes up dude the the guy has filled in so incredibly well stretched back out to a starter he has an era of 2.69 he's seven and one on the season 80 innings pitched between starting and the bullpen he's given up 0.6 of a home run Every nine innings. Well, good. No one saw this coming out of Dunning. And it's performances like this that, that make teams 50 and 34. You think they're just too good to be true? I'm just. There's been a lot of hesitancy for anyone other than Rangers fans to buy into this team. But I, I really do think that they are for real, man. Like Adolis Garcia has been absolutely incredible for this Rangers team. He's at 20 dingers, just a potent bat in the middle of the lineup. Rookie third baseman, Josh Jung voted into the all-star game has been a revelation at third base. And again, we talked Simeon and Seager. Yeah, dude, even without DeGrom, I think this team is legit. Um, okay, since June 9th, the Texas Rangers have played seven different series. The Rays, the Angels, the Blue Jays, the White Sox, the Yankees, the Tigers, and the Houston Astros. They've won one of those series. The Blue Jays. Uh, no, Blue Jays took two out of three. 
against oh, yeah. the Rangers. Uh, they beat the White Sox two games to three. They lost two out of three to the Yankees, lost two out of three to the Astros, lost three out of four to the Angels, lost two out of three to the Rays, and they split a four-game series with the Detroit Tigers. Um, wow. They are, so they're 14, they're 14 games. 14 or 16 games above 500. What is it here? Yeah. On, yeah. Coming into June 9th, they were 40 and 21. Since then, they have gone 10 and 13. Wow. So not white hot, but the rest of the division has been basically exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, the Astros have been 10 and 11. The Angels have been 10 and 11. The Mariners have been. 10 and 11, the Oakland Athletics have been 8 and 13. So the Rangers are the best of a mediocre bunch. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what it is about the Rangers. The Rangers, their record is, I think, better than I think they are. So I guess I'm just more lukewarm on the Rangers mm -hmm. than you are. Um, I'm excited about the Marcus Simeon and the, the Seager and, and whatever, but I still think that any AL East team could beat the Rangers in a playoff series. I agree. That, with that. includes the Boston Red Sox. I think the Red Sox are pesky, but bumbling idiots at times. Yes. Yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting the DeGrom issue. And I know you mentioned Dane Dunning. But man, that's just such a tough loss. Oh, huge loss. Listen, man, the fact that there's 16 games above 500 with some of the obstacles that have been put in front of this team, you know, like I, I want the Rangers to lose. I am not a Texas fan. I would love to see them completely fall out of the AL West and be fighting it out for a wild card spot with everyone else. I just don't think it's going to happen. The fact they're 16 games above 500 with the way they've played recently. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I, I would Cal love to see them win the division though, just because I would love to see Houston miss the playoffs. Yeah. I, which I mean, if that happens, the Jays are going to need to play a lot better than they have. <laughs> <sighs> I know we're going to talk Shohei Otani in a second. Can we talk him now? Yeah, do you? Should we just blow through Domingo Herman? Well, I f hate everything about who he is. I know, me too. Um, I do think that if Major League Baseball, not that this is a thing, but in a fantasy world, if they could come up with a list of players they wanted to celebrate and players they did not want to celebrate. He would be, be on, the, on list. the players they do not want to celebrate list. Yes. Yeah. So for multiple reasons. Um... <sighs> well, let's just get into it. Thursday night yeah. against the worst team in baseball and maybe one of the worst teams uh, ever. New York Yankees starter Domingo Herman and general piece of shit pitched <laughs> the first perfect game in Major League Baseball since King Felix did it back in 2011. So it has been 12 years since somebody has done that. Domingo Herman, the first Dominican-born player to ever do it. 
I don't know who is celebrating this. Maybe some Yankees fans couldn't happen to a bigger piece of shit. I mean, there's all the abuse stuff. And that's the thing, right? Is that his abuse allegations came from Yankee teammates. He did it at a Yankees event. He cheats. Not only does he cheat. Oh, whoopsie. I cheated one time. He has cheated on multiple occasions. He's gone through suspensions for PEDs. He has gone through a suspension for sticky stuff. Again, this is just a dude nobody wants to celebrate. And he's do- doing something for the first time in baseball in 12 years. It's it's uh, We don't need to spend more time on it than that. You can go ahead and kind of give your two cents here, but doesn't thrill me. Um. Ringo Herman. Perfect game less than a week ago. Mm-hmm. I'm on just the MLB.com main website page. There's already no mention of him anymore. <laughs> like even Major League Baseball, who has a very horrible radar system for good and bad, right? Even Major League Baseball is like, let's let this fly over here. Like, just the fact, like, if this was anyone else, we'd still be hearing about it, right? Not anyone else, but like, if it was someone in the top 90%, and by that I mean not in the bottom 10% of most hated pitchers, like, if this was Yusei Kikuchi through a perfect game, oh, we'd still, like, we'd still be seeing interviews and, like, Cool memorabilia posts and yeah, father daughter were at their first game and it happened to be his a perfect game. Let's get their story like just all those like random weird cool anecdotes. Larry David was filming an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm at the game. Let's fucking yeah. find out about that. You know, like no, totally, totally. Just the fact it's been six days and MLB.com is already like, well, Luis Arias is close to four hundred again. Let's talk about that some more. When John Boy comes out and has to pretty much be like, yes, this is a big accomplishment. He is a terrible human. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. That's the thing. <sighs> and that was the one thing that kept getting brought up, right? It's like Jared Karabas, right? He brought up the fact that it was at a Yankees event and that the only reason the Yankees even did an investigation and major league baseball did an investigation into the abuse is Yankees players witnessed it and were bothered by it. <laughs> like yeah, bothered by it to the so much that they yeah, rat out their, their own their teammate. teammate. Yeah. Right? Like, Just, um, anyway. yeah, it's. Doing home run also had issues with sticky stuff earlier in the year, right? It's the same Yankees pitcher that I think that was suspended for suspended for sticky stuff. The go wash your hands issues. Yeah. Yeah, Cool. Good for him. Kudos. Um, Now let's talk somebody who should be celebrated in Shohei Otani buddy. Honestly. So I just want to, I just want to go back to when the angels first won the bidding war for the rights to sign Shohei Otani and all the hype came with him. And honestly, man, I just didn't buy in. 
And even as he has continued to do unicorn thing after unicorn thing and blow everybody's mind with what he truly is. I still, even last year, I remember you being like, you know what? Like he's a six starter. Like they need an extra starter. It just kind of diminishes it. I'm at the point now where honestly, dude, he's just the best player to ever play baseball in the history of the game. I, I, I know there's an argument against it, but he just continues to blow my mind. So the triple crown is within striking distance. The triple American league is what batting average RBIs so, and home runs, it, home runs, batting average and RBIs, the American league home run record of 62 by judge last year is within striking distance. In fact, Shohei is on pace with where judge was last year. Pitching. He is second in strikeouts in the American League. And I mean, Cy Young, he is going to get some significant votes. He's seven and three. He's got an ERA of 3.02. The dude has a whip of one. He's got 127 strikeouts in 95 innings pitched. I mean, man, the guy is insane. Right now, he's got 30 home runs, leads the American League. Luis Robert is second with 24. So he's got a six-home run lead. He is first in RBIs with 68. Devers is second with 66. American League batting title, Yandy Diaz currently in the lead with the Rays, hitting 318. Bo in a close second with 317. Third, Baltimore's Austin Hayes at 312. Shohei sitting fourth at... Uh, 306. The fact that all four of these things leading the league in strikeouts, a Cy Young, the Triple Crown, and breaking the American League home run record is even being talked about from the same guy is absolutely mind blowing. And I know, and I said this on long toss last night, I know that it is probably more likely he doesn't do any of those things than it is. He does all of them. The, the fact there's a serious possibility he's a candidate mm -hmm. to do any of them is insane. Yeah. Um... You want to get negative. <laughs> I can't find how. <laughs> um, I mean, if you had told me that anybody was going to lead baseball in home runs and strikeouts, I mean, my first guess would have been Teoscar Hernandez, but that's a different <laughs> kind of strikeouts. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's so cool and so unique. I just it's so awesome. <sighs> yeah, it's like such... what do you even say at this point, right? It's so exceptional. Um is he the landslide greatest baseball player to ever play? Man, do I ever want to say no or just tap the brakes on it, but I can't yeah. think of like Mike Trout can't pitch fucking at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I mean, <laughs> yeah offensively yeah, his numbers pale in comparison to Shohei like 
I don't know. One thing that, uh, so Weird. blog TO writer, friend of the show, Jack Lando, he was on the, mm-hmm. he was on Long, Long Toss last, last night. night. He brought up a really good point. And basically I floated the question of, do you think that there is a possibility in his career of breaking Aaron Judge's American League record? And Jack said, I think that if he winds up not pitching within the next few years and just is concentrating on hitting, that he could be breaking Barry Bonds's actual home run record, which, mm. I mean, at this point, there's you can't tell me something about Shohei and me not buy in at this point. He's done too much. You know, you start quoting okay, things look, like, can he bre- break the all-time home run record? And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> Okay, let's let's look. The all-time home run record is what seven sixty-two, seventy-two, I think, or seventy-four from Barry Bonds. Oh, oh, you mean single season? Oh, okay, single season, single season. Okay, I thought we meant all-time, like career home no, runs. No, I don't think he came to Major League Baseball okay. in time to do that. Um. But think about that even, the fact that he captured the imagination and the love of everyone in the NPB in Japan, completely ignited a country, and then came to Major League Baseball and did the same thing. (laughs) So here's how crazy Barry Bonds' numbers are. Um, And sure, Barry Bonds made his... Uh, rookie debut at age 21, Shohei Otani at age 23. So consider that Shohei also lost half a season, well, two thirds of a season to COVID. But Shohei Otani currently at 158 career home runs. Uh, Barry Bonds, 762. So Shohei Otani, who is currently 28 years old, and he'll be 29 on July 5th. Needs 605 home runs to break the record for all-time career home runs. That's if he plays for 12 more seasons. If he plays at age 41, he needs to average 50 home runs a season. (laughs) He needs 50 home run season 12 times in a row to catch Barry Bonds. To catch just everyday player Barry Bonds, not Hall of Famer, just a regular. Just regular old civilian like the rest of us. Everyday Joe Barry Bonds. Could, he, could he do the, the single season record though? What do, what do we say? 73? Is it 73? I think it is 73. I'm glad we're not on YouTube so nobody can criticize us for being buffoons. Not just <laughs> knowing every record off the top of our head. Yeah, that's right. Our Patreon are nice to us. They're like, we like you guys. We know you're boneheads. <laughs> single season record is 73. Mm-hmm. Could Shohei Otani do 73? I would say anyone could do 73 in the next 10 years. Just because baseball, if they keep tinkering with balls and rule changes and they move the mound back, like all the stupid things that they want to do to increase offense. Like if you told me Vladdy hit 90 home runs one season, I wouldn't be Mm -hmm. surprised. Okay, let's move on to another to another incredible feat being pursued in baseball right now. Of course, Louisa rise with the me, uh, Miami Marlins is beating worlds right now. The Marlins revelation continues to hit and chase what seems like the impossible mark of 400, not done 
since Ted Williams in 1941. We're all aware of that. But what is really crazy and impressive about this dude is how much he leads the NL batting title by. So as of this morning, Luisa Rise is hitting 389. That's second. Uh, that's first place, obviously, in the National League. Second place. And this is second place in all of baseball. So this is just the lead in all of baseball, American League, National League. Ronald Acuna Jr. is his, is hitting 336. So that's a 53-point difference. For context, the largest batting average lead in the American League and NL pre-break was number one, 77 points from Joe DiMaggio over Jimmy Fox in 1939. 65 points in 1993, John Olerud hitting 395 over David Segui, who was hitting 330. Number three is Rod Carew over Bob Baylor, 62 points. And then there's Luis Arise right there at number four in Major League Baseball history. Uh, the biggest point differential by the end of a season within a league is 50 points. So if Luis Arise can kind of keep this pace up, even if he doesn't hit 400, if he can sort of keep the pace up and break that record, that is uh, about as cool as it gets. Yeah, I mean... Uh, it's an 82-year-old record, man. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, trying to not be a negative Nelly. You gonna tell me about empty calories or what? <laughs> Just the like total absence of power. Isn't it weird? We haven't I mean, seen a player like this in so long. I haven't seen it since Ichiro. Yeah. Ichiro, who led baseball in hits one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different times in his career before the age 36. And again, he came over from Japan. At age 27. Yeah. Which is crazy. Um, just the numbers each row put up. And to make his MLB debut at age 27 is insane. Um, but each row season high in home runs was 15. He hit more than 10 home runs three times in his major league career. 11, 13, 15. Every other season was eight, yeah. six, four. One. I'm not even saying this is a That's bad a great thing. comparison, Adam. By the way, like Achiro uh, Suzuki is a great comparable to Luis Arise. Um, batting average 350, 321, 312, 372 in 2004. Uh, 351, 352. This was a guy who just put the ball in play. Uh, that's what Luis Arise is doing. I don't even like all he does is hit singles. I think he has like 17 doubles and a triple and like maybe one or two home runs this year. Mm -hmm. This is what I want baseball to be. Like I would rather have. Give me Luisa rise. Give me Luisa rise over Kyle Schwarber every day. Yeah, give me 20 players who are hitting over 350 every season. Rather, if even if it costs me 20 players who are hitting more than 40 bombs 
you know, like make a guy who hits over 40 home runs as rare as what Luis Arias is doing. Can that be a trade-off? Like, would that not just make baseball better? Like if that was the this, shift in, this is how, you know, we're old, Adam, oh. the kids are going to be yelling at this right now. Kids can't, afford, you kids can't kids can't afford highest, patreon this is a safe place created plus <laughs> yeah. well what did the rest of his numbers look like then if, if batting average is good is are the rest of his like numbers not good no his ops he's a, he's above a 900 ops which is incredible for a guy who hits almost only singles yeah i mean Slugging percentage 482, that's good, except that even singles contribute to slugging percentage. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It just, if more people had this mentality, like, I guess this is my only pushback on Luis Arias, is that if more people had this desire, they could do it. I just think, Almost nobody is interested in that. Well, I there is something to be said for taking what the pitcher gives you and being able to execute. And that is something that Luis Arise has perfected, right? I mean, even, even if you're going to, I'm not even comparing Dalton Varsho to Luis Arise. So this is just an example of taking what the pitcher gives you. But how Dalton Varsho will sometimes just bunt it past a left-handed pitcher who's falling off the mound towards the third baseline and he'll bunt it up the first baseline and just take the bag. You know, that's very much Luis Arise's approach of if you're going to shift him one way, if you're going to, whatever you give him, he will take. And there aren't a lot of guys with that mentality. Um, contract for Luis Arise. He is just turned 26 this year. He's in year two of arbitration. So he has uh, arb three and arb four ahead of him. It's making six million this year. Let's just say it, Scott. Let's say he hits four hundred this year, yeah. and then regresses and only hits three eighty, okay, and three fifty in the next two yeah. seasons. I mean, still, let's just just say really good batting average yeah. numbers, but hits like ten to fifteen home runs total over the next three yeah. seasons. Kind of payday does he get? My money's on almost nothing. Like in free agency. So what do you not a he's not a bad defender and he does play first base, second base, and third base, so he does have some versatility. Um he's a bit of a unicorn, which is what he provides the team, and not a lot of organizations have someone like Luis Arise and his skill set. You look at what Kevin Kiermeyer is making this year, and that's twelve million dollars. I can see a world where Luis Arise gets a sixty million dollar five year contract. It's which a is little, still... it's a little more than I was going to say. I was going to say around a ten AAV. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're we're talking about one of the best hitters in baseball. I know with, with defensive versatility getting maybe a 60 million dollar contract yeah definitely a contract that brandon nemo would laugh in the face of he's he's only going to be 29 when he's a free agent in his free agent season so 
this is just where it's like kudos to him for taking what the pitcher gives you, I guess. But mm-hmm. this is why nobody does it. Mm-hmm. It's because there's no money in a 400 batting average. Luis Arise is going to be an interesting case, though. I, I, I love that you brought this up because I am really curious what he winds up getting on the open market. I Especially, hope- especially right. with the new rules and the way baseball is shifting a little bit more towards putting the ball in play. And if that continues to be seen as value, then he will get paid more, right? Because that's that's what drives the price of players is what baseball views as valuable. And right now it was home runs. And I think okay. that's shifting a little. Sorry. So um, oof, I didn't expect to have this conversation today. Um, baseball front offices value home runs because the money ball of it all. And I don't mean like the money ball, the movie directly, but I mean like the, yes. the analytics have determined that runs wins games and it's better to have a home run than to bank on five Four base hits. hits back to back. Yeah. Right. Just the odds of that is reduced. Right. So that's why there's the value and the money goes on guys that can hit home runs. Because you only need one thing to go right. So in order for baseball to start prioritizing guys that can steal bases, guys that can hit 350 plus uh, batting average. And I think they need to. I think that is the most entertaining version of baseball. A guy that hits a triple, a guy that gets on, steals second, all these sorts of things, right? Balls in play is what we want. Um, Just entertainment ultimately means more money for everybody. But so does winning. And winning is the, if you're a team that wins, it doesn't matter what the other 29 teams are doing. You're winning, you're making money, right? But like as a 30 team collective, if everybody was just putting the ball in play more, the whole pool grows and then everybody makes more money. So, I don't know how to do this, but I genuinely think the only way that this is possible, and I think it should happen, is, I mean, you mentioned the MLB, uh, this must must be a CBA agreement, but like bonus money being awarded based on those different incentives, like, uh, you know, rookies that get Cy Young votes get like an extra million bucks or whatever the case is, right? These sorts of things. Yeah, the escalators. Um, the escalators MLB needs to go all the way with that and subsidize like more money needs to get put into an MLB pool that is then distributed for the things that don't necessarily win games, but make the game more entertaining things like, like, uh, fuck, what was his name? Uh, estuary Ruiz, 24 years old. I think he's with Oakland leads yeah, MLB in stolen bases this yeah. year. That stuff needs to be financially incentivized. So guys keep doing that. Ronald Acuna Jr. needs to get more money because he's stealing bases because that's just good for baseball. Like if everybody on every team was like motivated by money to steal second base more often, to steal whatever, it's good. Guys like Luis Arias, who's only going to get $12 million if he hits 400 for the next three seasons or whatever, needs to be motivated by money the same way 
you know, like businesses get like government subsidies to hire ex-cons and, you know, people to work at the front door of Walmart with like handicaps and stuff, right? Where it's like, they're sad to say or whatever, but like if there, if it wasn't for a government subsidy, these companies probably mm-hmm. would just not hire people with disabilities or whatever, right? Like they would, they would just not, it, but because it's the, the good- wage gets, sub- so it's like important that we subsidize because it's important that these people yeah. do have employment and, and whatever. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like compare people with disabilities to ex cons. I just mean, those are two specific yes. groups that I could think of anyways, all this to say, MLB needs to do something similar where they're just subsidizing things that is good for baseball, but isn't necessarily good for a win specifically at the end of the day. So one of the things that needs to happen, I think, for what we're talking about to come to fruition is that it's going to need to be apparent to MLB teams where the value is coming from. So I was watching Talking Baseball, John Boy. Um, and they were talking about developing a new stat, which is based around hits and stolen bases so that you can take somebody who does have a lot of steals and view it almost like it increases your batting average type of thing. Convert their singles into doubles kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what they were talking about. They're actually working on trying to figure out the, the math of this stat right now, but that is something that I think baseball will need to take into account right is how much value does those extra 90 feet add because you went to this you went to all this work to inspire more running and if you're not going to pay the runners it's going to disappear again because there's too much risk of injury this is the thing with stealing bases it is one of the most fun it's one of the most fun aspects of baseball, in my opinion. I love watching a guy take the extra 90 feet when everyone on the field is trying to stop him. But we see broken fingers. We see sprained wrists. We see contusions. It's just a very physical aspect of the game. So if you're not going to pay these guys, if there's no real monetary value to these players in doing what Ronald Acuna is doing and doing what Yusteri Ruiz, sorry, Yusteri Ruiz is doing, it'll disappear. Um, so maybe a stat, maybe a stat that actually puts the value into numbers for these khakis will go a long way. Who knows? Okay. Uh- this is a really rough calculation that I'm doing on the fly here. So there's a chance I'm wrong about this. Slugging percentage is you get like one point for a single, two points for a double, three points for a triple, four points for a home run. Total bases divided by how many at-bats, right? Mm-hmm. So Estuary Ruiz currently slugging percentage 331. Uh, not good. No. 84 singles, 19 doubles, one triple, one home run. If you said every one of his stolen bases counted as a double, 
is 42 of them. So you add 42 doubles to that equation, the slugging percentage becomes 653. And all uh, which, of a sudden, there plus a three twelve on base percentage, and you go, oh, his OPS, including stolen bases, is nine sixty five. There's your argument, right? I love it. Yeah, yeah, amazing. All right, we're long in the tooth. Let's wrap it up here on the Philadelphia Phillies and the fact that. They're probably a playoff team, and they're probably a team to contend with once again. An ice-cold start, very similar to what they did in 2022, currently sitting at 44 and 39, five games above 500. The Phillies actually remind me a lot of the Blue Jays, where they are a team that can probably do some real damage if they get into the playoffs again, but they're going to be a fringe team flirting with it for probably most of the season. Last year, a team that went to game six, of the world series again an ice cold start they were dealing with injuries to bryce harper to reese hoskins harper of course has returned and they are the healthiest that they have been all year long pitching is rounded out zach wheeler who was just a nightmare in april is looking like the zach wheeler that we're all used to seeing they are two games back of the final wild card spot in the nl trailing the reds by a half a game. And I think Cincinnati is not going to be competition with the Phillies by the end of the year. Uh, they're 12 games back of Atlanta though, for the NL East. So I think the NL East sort of like the AL East, it's pretty much decided at the halfway point, And it's going to be a battle for the wildcard spots. They're only three games back of Miami for the second spot in that division and three games back of Miami for the top wildcard spot. In the National League, don't sleep on the fills. Don't sleep on the fills. All right, Scott. Uh, happy MLB Monday to you. We'll see you yeah. tomorrow for mailbag. Absolutely. Always love uh, talking the rest of the league, buddy. And a yeah. big thank you and tip of the thank hat to our Patreon. all our Patreon members. We really appreciate it. We'll see you all Tuesday. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the walk-off podcast with Scott Belford and Adam Mack with a new episode every Friday. Thanks for listening.